I'm proud to announce that this episode is sponsored by Joanna Benefield of Keller Williams of Southeast Alabama of Dothan, Alabama, 334-796-7085. Hey there, listeners. Thanks for joining us on Crime Explorer Shack. I'm your host, Sherry Carroll, joined by my co-host, Dawn. I want to remind you that Crime Explorers is created for mature audiences only. Most of our shows include details of true crime cases that some may find a bit disturbing and or offensive. As an extra heads up, most episodes include discussion of depression, psychosis, suicidal thoughts, rape, and or murders, sometimes even of children. We do our best to hold these topics with intention and sincerity and try to deliver the facts of the cases to bring awareness to our listeners. And as always, the accused are innocent until proven guilty in a court of law. So I feel obligated to put this trigger warning out before we even get started. We hope that you will join us whenever you feel ready and able. So let's get started to go to the Crime Explorer Shack. Hi everyone and welcome to this bonus episode of Crime Explorer Shack. Hey Dawn. Hi Sherry, how are you doing? Doing great, doing great. So this bonus episode is one of our Crime Stoppers episode and this one's going to be a little twist because these are going to be stories from Dawn that she's picked out from Crime Stoppers. Yes, I uh, actually... As much as I love true crime and everything, cold cases kind of have a special place in my heart because I feel like the families have been waiting so, so long for answers and every case is important. So don't get me wrong. I just feel like the ones that have started to collect dust, that it's just sad to me, um, kind of depressing, like they don't get any closure. So um, yeah, both of the cases that I'm going to cover today are um, pretty old. Yeah. So, um, the first one is, um, this happened in Northeast Ohio. It's called Cuyahoga County. And, um, it's the case of Amir Devon on May 8th, 2009 at 4 5 PM. He was driving and was shot in the head while he was driving. Um, this happened on East 120th and Princeton street. Uh, his car after the shot, his car went to the curb and two people jumped out, one out of the passenger seat and one out of the back seat. Um, there were two shots to his head. Um, they say he's a, he was a very smart, very, very smart man. Um, he was very quiet, passive, very spiritual. Um, he was one of three children. He's the middle child. He himself had two daughters and, uh, you know, they both miss him terribly, but he was found by the curb with the two bullet wounds to the right of the temple. They tried to find witnesses and there were some witnesses that said that they saw him and they saw these two other gentlemen in the car with him. And apparently he was very particular about who he would allow in his car. He did not pick up strangers. He did not just let anybody get in his car. And so these people that were his friends, uh, saw him and they kind of stopped him. You know, he's talking out his window and just said he was going to go get a haircut and come back around and be back later. And they said, he didn't seem 
like super shaken up or anything. So they assumed that he knew these two gentlemen, but both of them were 16 to 18 years old. And he at the time was 29 and it, there would be no reason for him to be hanging out with these young kids. Right. Um, the description of the guys was two black males. They thought the one might be around 5'11", and the other about 5'3", again, 16 to 18 years old. Um, after the shots, the two guys got out of the car and ran about seven houses down from the scene and just disappeared. And nobody, nobody knows where they went, who they were. There's basically no leads right now. Um, the, again, this happened May 8th, 2009. So it's a pretty old case. But if you have any information, the Cuyahoga County phone number is 216-252-7463. And you can also call directly to the Cleveland Homicide Unit and talk to either Detective Michael Smith or Wally Everett. And their number is 216 623 five four six four and we can put that information in the show notes too right sherry yes we will put that in the show notes and if uh, we can get a flyer uh, any pictures we're going to put that on our web page um, we're going to put that um, on instagram all of these cases we're going to begin featuring so that we can bring awareness to all of these and try to bring justice to these victims and their families Right. Yeah. The um, two stories that I'm doing, they were back to back videos that I watched. Um, and so I can send you the link as well, Sherry, so that that way, if people want to watch, watch exactly how it played out um, for the description, they'll be able to watch it that way, too. Absolutely. Awesome. Awesome. OK, um, the second case is with Ronald Miller. He was a family man. Um, he was married with three kids. He had two boys and one girl. He was a skilled mechanic and artist. He loved to draw. His passion was motorcycles. He um, loved rebuilding them. He loved painting them. He was actually working on painting a motorcycle and rebuilding one from scratch uh, before he died. Um, he was funny. He liked to sing. And he liked to act really tough. So his kids like to give him a hard time and scare him sometimes just because <laughs> he had this big um, personality, you know, trying to be a tough guy. Um, anyway, so Ronald was at a bar um, on Friday night at 8.35 p.m. Uh, this is September 6, 2002. It was still fairly light out because it wasn't quite nine o'clock yet. And this happened on West 19th Street and Denison Ave in Cleveland. So he went to have some drinks at the Bluegrass Inn. And after he came out from having some drinks, he was going to hitchhike home. So he was standing on the curb and trying to hitchhike. And he was approached by two black males on mountain bikes. It seemed people saw them having a, like a conversation but they assumed that the two males were armed because they all walked together on foot to the park that was down the street. The um, gentlemen that were on the mountain bikes, they walked their bikes and then had him in the middle 
and we're all walking to the park. Um, there were shots heard, and then the two men fled on bikes out of the park. So the victim staggered back from the park onto Denison Avenue where he collapsed. And they called the paramedics and he was taken to the hospital. It's called Metro Health Hospital. The family was notified and they were all, the wife and the children were all waiting anxiously in the um, waiting room while he was in surgery. And one of the kids, the daughter actually said that they brought his items out in a plastic bag. And so she knew that something obviously didn't didn't go well. So the nurse came out and said that they had lost him. He um, had a bullet that went through his small intestine, his large intestine, his aorta came out and then he had cardiac arrest during the surgery and they just weren't able to revive him. Um, The description of the guys are two black males, two juveniles, maybe 16, 17 years old. They were wearing ball caps. It was a small caliber weapon, a 25 automatic. They found one shell casing at the scene. Um, what's bothersome, not the whole thing is bothersome, but apparently there were many people interviewed and they did have a few leads, but they kind of went cold. But the wife said that she had people that told her that they basically knew who did it, but they were too afraid to come forward. So and that's we, why we have crime stoppers, you know, I just, right. I hope that they use this. Yeah, people just this. need to have some empathy and think, what if this was, you know, your dad or brother or any, anything, anybody close to you, um, you, you know, anything that you can, it's all anonymous. You know, mm-hmm. nobody will know it's you and you can just call and tell them what you know. And every little detail could mean something huge. Yes. Um, it was sad. I hope I don't cry here. Um, it was sad because they were interviewing the children and the daughter said she was really, you know, like every little girl wants to get married and have her dad walk her down the aisle oh. and, and she's got two kids now. Um, but ironically, um, he had always said that he couldn't wait to be a pap pap, which was grandpa to him. That was a name that he associated being a grandpa. Um, and he, he never got to see that. So uh, again, Ronald Miller, uh, this happened September 6, 2002. And, uh, anything, any information that anybody can give big or small will really help this family get some closure. Um, this information is the same for the contact information. You can call the Cleveland homicide unit and contact detective Michael Smith or Wally Everett detective Wally Everett. Again, the phone number is 216-623-5464. And, uh, yeah, please come forward if you know anything. Absolutely. Any little bit of information, any little bit of information. So um, we want to just highlight those Crime Stopper episodes for you. And um, don't be afraid to use them. You will remain anonymous. And you'll you'll help a family. You'll help multiple families and friends and so many people. Yeah. It's really yes. important. And if you, even if you think the tip is insignificant, just 
you know, you never know. It may lead to something, something big. Just call. Right. What, whatever you have. So, okay. Thank y'all for listening. Thanks guys.